baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 743-17 before 8, Tommy Tucker, WWO. Quickly to Joe Jerusa, New Orleans City Council member, a lot to talk about. Joe, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this, but when it comes to Sandra Wilson and the designation of an active voter for the purposes of the recall, uh, to be clear, uh, in, in contradiction with what the mayor said yesterday, nobody is being purged from the rolls at all in any way. And when it comes to the designation of an active voter, and we learn more about these things as we peel away the layers, right? What does that actually mean? Is this just a statistical fact that has to be kept for uh, purposes like a recall or for the number of active voters in Orleans Parish? And I guess what I'm wondering is, did, would this in any way lead to people voting who shouldn't or preventing from people from voting who can? Well, um, uh, that's, a, that's a lot to unpack yeah. in one question, and I'm going to do, do my best because i got to be honest. Um, as a lawyer, you're constantly looking for what is the law and what do the words say. That's it. And so, I, right, and, 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 and that's what we're inclined to do. So I, 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 I think there's a couple of different things. I've seen and heard, and, and I'm confused, Tommy, frankly, between what is an active voter versus – um, who is who is a voter? And there's another term I'm I'm not thinking of right now that's been used as well. So I I would like to know a little bit more about that. I've heard what they said that nobody will be prevented from voting. I, candidly, I hear the words, but does that mean if? And I'm just going to use you as an example. If Tommy Tucker is a resident of Orleans Parish that. You voted in, in three of the last four elections, you're fine. But if you haven't voted in 10 years, then you're not fine. Um, I, I think I think part of this too, Tommy, is there probably needs to be some clear communication coming out of the registrar's office about of all of this. I understand when you're in the middle of litigation, you don't want to say a whole lot, and that's a strong tendency. But now that that's over, they need to come out, I think, with a little bit of a primer and say, this is fact, this is fiction, this is what the law is, and this is how it applies, and just make it very simple for people to understand. Is it, were you thinking about active and inactive voters? Yes, correct. Okay. Um, Devin Bartolotto's got a story at WWL-TV. She's a, a great reporter, and it's a, it's a worthy read. You can find the breakdown of what are active and inactive voters. I'm telling the audience, Joe, not you. You're an attorney. Um, when it comes to... Um, uh, Mardi Gras regulations, I know Mardi Gras is behind us and we got some bigger fish to fry, but is that something the council is going to look at today and how much of a problem has or, – or did that turn out to be this year? Well, it, it, I, I think like everything, because we're back to full swing Mardi Gras this year, mm -hmm. that the problems were easier to see. Last year, you know, the smaller rats and everything was so tight. I think it was a little bit harder, but because things were more spread out, they were far more visible. My inclination, Tommy, usually in matters like this is to first say, what are the laws on the books? And then where is enforcement not happening? And how do we try and really make that enforcement happen? Makes sense and to I me, think, Joe. I mean, 
Right. Well, I, I, try. <laughs> I mean, before I you, no, but really, I mean, think about what you just said before we start passing more laws, maybe we got laws that cover this already and we're just not enforcing them. Well, that's right. And, and the paper had an editorial this morning that talks about the fact that, Hey, ladders need to be six feet back. You can't have, um, uh, ladders chained together. The uncovered tent or the covered tents rather, are problematic. Personal property is only supposed to be on a parade route four hours beforehand. And almost like the first topic we started with, to me, it's a, all right, if, if we are going to recommit to giving everybody the full route again, then part of what we also need to do is an education campaign right before Mardi Gras starts with a reminder. And then here's the hard part, Tommy, then you got to go enforce it. And there's going to be people who are mad and frustrated and, and angry who don't want to play by the rules. But uh, I, I, I think for the safety and well-being and just fair play that is supposed to be Mardi Gras, if we have these rules on the book, then they need to be enforced. And it's got to be consistent. You can't do a sweep one day of ladders and then the next day not. You can't do a sweep of tarps one day and then ignore it the next day because it's the day before. And I think that's where they've run into trouble before. I, I totally agree with that, too. It's we, we Look, um, we are really good, at, at, to me, at the back end of Mardi Gras, generally at picking up the trash and getting the beads out of places and making sure that things are cleaned up for the next day and after Mardi Gras happens. We got to be good at the front end too, and the front end means exactly what you say, which is consistency, predictability, making sure everybody sees. And and I think most behavior can be modified once people see, oh, the city's really going to do this. But if people feel like I can get away with it, yep. then they're going to take their shot. And, and you got to have common sense. You can't think that you're going to rope off, you know, a thirty foot area just for you and two people, and then then we can have. The parade route all to yourself. You you gotta use some common sense and get your head out of your rear end too. And when people don't get their heads out of their rear end, that's where the government has to get involved. And then you gotta get the government to get their head out of their rear ends. And that's a lot of heads where they shouldn't be, Joe. It's it's a lot of heads. And look, I, the hard part is you just don't want a few bad apples spoiling it for everybody. And then one of the other pictures that I felt circulate on social media, similar to her these three or four wooden stands that were all built together that were so big. Where was and, that? And that's not what, uh, it was on the parade route on St. Charles, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and again, this, this was, this was a, I think a flashpoint for people on the route and as it should be. And we just can't do it. We, we, we've got to be good at doing these little things that affect people. And look, Tommy, this is thinking about, you're asking about this today. It's about these small quality of life issues that just make the city a little bit better place to live. If the trash isn't picked up, that affects how people feel. If the lights aren't fixed, that affects how people feel. If somebody allows property to be blighted for too long, that affects the same thing with Mardi Gras. And so, again, just having that consistency and that regular touch makes a big difference. I see a picture on Twitter of people that have a giant tarp, and it's like three people on a tarp, and that's just, it's selfish, it's stupid, it's public property, property, and you can't do it, but that being said, you got to have the people in the city to enforce it, because you got to enforce it fairly for everybody, if not, 
then you really got trouble. Joe, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about short-term rentals and what else the council is going to look at today. I want to talk about police chief, too, if we're any closer to a national search, because everything I'm hearing tells me we're not. Joe Geruso, New Orleans City Council member, 750, 10 till 8. A quick look at traffic now on WWL. 755, 5 till 8. Dr. John bringing us back from break Thursday morning, March 2nd, talking to Joe Geruso, New Orleans City Council member. Um, Joe, let's talk about short-term rentals. What are you going to try to do today at the council hearing? Council meeting, not hearing. Yeah, we have council meeting today. We actually have four this month, so it's it's a long month for us. Uh, We have to vote initially to start on what the new regime is for short-term rentals or STRs. Remember, the Fifth Circuit ruled that the homestead exemption isn't legal. It violated the U.S. Constitution, so we have to figure it out. And what's kind of interesting, Tommy, is there's there's three different scenarios that different council members are looking at. Councilmember Morell has one that doesn't really have a density uh, requirement. I think his thinking is if somebody is there in a home, then what difference does it make? And if enforcement is bad then it maybe will allow for further restrictions. Then there's a regime where I think there's some more alignment about limiting the number of short-term rentals by block face, so it would be two per block. And then there's a further restriction that is um, one per square. And so we'll see what happens today. Uh, This is one of those where I really don't know um, where people will shake out, and I think the public – will we'll be a big part of this discussion and kind of shape a lot of the conversation. And, and it's a prelude to a meeting we'll have on May 14th. I'm sorry, March 14th. We'll have more discussion, and then the final vote will be on March 23rd. So we still have two more weeks to refine this. I'm going to talk tomorrow to Melissa Stiller, whose husband, Andrew, was shot and killed, an Uber driver. Um another horrific murder in New Orleans. Are we any closer to a national search for a police chief than we were when Sean Ferguson stepped down? Well, I, I last I heard, um, and this is from staff member in my office, staff member in the CAO's office, is that everything was with the IACP, which is the organization that's supposed to conduct the search and waiting to be signed. But I've sort of been hearing that for a week and a half now, and at least for I, I think a number of us, our patients are wearing thin on this back and forth and why it's taking so long. And so I think you will start to publicly see in here a number of council members start saying um, there's going to be repercussions if this isn't handled much more quickly. Um, and, and I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I will speak for me that uh, for the city, if if they can't get their house in order, then it's going to be a lot harder for me to want to move forward with their budget instruments that affect city business until this gets done. Because I feel like the promise that was made was we are going to do a national search and have a national outfit. And this has been dragging on for an awful long time. So, and again, this is not a reflection on you, but the answer is nothing. No, we are not any closer today, really, than we were at least not that no substantive steps have been taken between the time that Sean Ferguson stepped down and today. Well, I, here's the hard part. Do we have an organization that is allegedly on the cusp of signing? Allegedly on it? the cusp. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Well, I'm again, I'm a lawyer, so I'm not, but I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, the, I'm, 
I'm not criticizing you. In and of itself, you know what that says, allegedly on the cusp. I I get it. I mean, look, Tommy, and and again, uh, I'll say it. Uh, until a deal is inked, it's not a deal. Right. And so we we are, we do not have the process set up. We do not have everything where it needs to be. So the answer to your question is no, and we need to make sure that we get it moving as quickly as possible. 30 seconds left. J.P. Morell sent me a, a dashboard shot yesterday of, of police uh, applications just falling off the cliff. No interest. Well, I think it's you've got a couple of different things. You got to make sure you know who your leader is. You got to make sure things are changing in the department. You got to make sure things are running as well as possible. And it's hard to recruit people to any type of job, much less one in law enforcement. Which brings us back, Joe, and I'm not criticizing you, but allegedly on a cusp to the administration of the way they're handling this, how one thing begets another. That, that's exactly right. Things Thank- all fall in place or they fall apart. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate your time as always. Talk to you again soon, all right? You bet. Joe Geruso, New Orleans City Council member. And by no means am I criticizing him, but the administration is a joke. I, I don't know what happened to this woman. I don't know, but um, people are getting murdered, and, and she's just in some type of alternative reality. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.